rock and roll to you. Put it in the soul of everyone. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to you. Put it in the soul of everyone. You got that right. 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 Cold inside of mesmerized, life has got me paralyzed. You got that right. I don't wanna romance, I don't wanna dance, I just wanna walk at you. You got that right. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This is episode 21, part 2, which is Revenge Side 2. Easy enough this time, right? Of course. Well, I hope you enjoyed Revenge Side 1 and... Wait, what? You haven't listened to Side 1 yet? Well, you little rebel, you... I'm going to advise you to stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin. Wait, never mind. I'm going to advise you to go back and listen to episode one, because if you haven't heard that yet, then you are missing out on some scalding hot takes on some of the Kiss classics on that album. But if you just want to be a rebel and go in reverse, well, that's cool, too. I dig that. All right. With me again on this episode is Stephen from Kentucky. So let's pick up right where we left off. Oh, yes. I must thank the people that shared the show this week before we move on. So thank you to Yvonne in Malta and Andy from Falkirk UK for retweeting on Twitter and to Joel Hebbensberger for sharing it on Facebook. And he's from Oklahoma. All right. Let the madness begin. So the next song, Heart of Chrome. This is the second song with a co-write from Vinnie Vincent and Bob Ezrin. This song starts off with a cool intro. It has a cool riff in it. And when the verses come in, Paul sounds 
incredible. Tells of a story of how a girl screwed him over and he's been reeling ever since. The verses sound great. The pre-chorus is great. And the chorus is even better. <laughs> Paul's voice on this song is, he sounds killer in this song. You know, when he comes into the chorus, he's like, hey, you know, and they're singing, I've got an angry soul. I got a broken home. Um, I said, it makes you long for the days when he sounded like this when you hear him now. I mean, this album came out 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. So it's expected. But when you push your voice as hard as Paul has, you know, it's his voice. But I said, this song's got lots of great yells and great screams. I absolutely love this one. Bruce's solo again here is awesome. Um, I love the breakdown section in the song, too. You know, they do that 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 kind of B-less thing that you told me lies about all that you feel. I realized that nothing was real. Oh, man. that, that is, they. I don't recall them doing that on a bunch of albums, but it seemed like they did it. I mean, four or five songs here, but anyway, um, I said, there's quite a few, see, there's quite a few songs that have that, uh, that part, that line, you took everything you could beg, borrow, steal, and then they, they raise it up two or three octaves, you know, or whatever. Yeah. This song, this is, uh, I'm trying to think, is this my, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite Paul song on the album. This, this one and tough love. I'd say this is my favorite Paul song on the album. Oh man. I, this is the absolute 10 for me. I love Love this song. So anyone that thinks I hate Paul Stanley, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> so what well, do you think? This is my this is my favorite song on the record. Awesome. Has been from day one. I I don't I, I I can't really say enough about it. Yeah, Paul's vocals are just top notch. I think it's it's one of my favorite. I'm going to go as far as to say top 10 Paul song of their entire career. Wow. Hey, that's not, a, that's not a stretch. It's a stretch. And it's weird for me to say that because it's got Vinnie Vincent's name attached to no, it. No, no. I think that's not, that's not a stretch at all. That's a, I mean, this is a great, great song. Yeah. You, that part, the bridge section with the, with the uh, that, that really cool riff, which I think actually is one of the things that Vinnie wrote. That part there right before the solo. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part of the song. And that's the part that Vinnie Vincent wrote. So I'm always kind of like, dang, I don't want to give him credit for it, but you got to give him credit for it. So, um, yeah, Heart of Chrome, I'm going to give it a 20 out of 10. I love this (laughs) song. It's just so great. It's heavy. It's powerful. Bruce is great. You know, Eric is a monster on it. Yeah. Love it across the board. You know, that reminds me, I'm I'm going to change. You, you gave it a 20 out of 10. I'm going to change my ranking for it because I don't know if you've heard on any of my other episodes. I Every now and then I, a song, and, and, un, and I'm going to change my unholy ranking too. Both of those songs are going to get a Spinal Tap 11 <laughs> from me. Spinal Tap 11, the ghost of 11. Oh, yeah. Yes, a Spinal Tap 11 out of 10. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I mean, really, I. You got you can't you can't disparage Vinny too much because Lick It Up's a great album and he wrote a lot of that. He I think he has a co-write on maybe nine out of ten songs, maybe all ten. Yeah. And yeah, then and then um Creatures of the Night, he also has quite a few uh co-writes yeah, on that. that. Yeah, I love so, it loud. War Machine yeah. So um I think we we definitely cleared that uh Heart of Chrome is about a twenty five out of ten. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the next song up is Thou Shalt Not, Stephen. Tell me what your thoughts on Thou Shalt Not are. 
you know, I, I, I sound like a broken record on here. Like, well, man, this guy won't criticize Kiss for anything. No, I will. <laughs> I'm going to go again. Thou shalt not a 20 out of 10. Absolutely wow. love this song. And it almost, I'm going to go top five Gene song of all time. This song right here. Wow. Now that's saying something. Well, I just, he is so mean in this song. He's just so mean and true. Just so, oh, I, I can't get over how much I love this song. I crank it all the time. And I'm going to go, this is probably a tie for my favorite song on the record. Okay. I mean, I know the lyrics. You know, he's he, you know he's he's got a lot of different words in the lyrics, but yeah. But yeah. I love that he's he, I love that he's kind of talking about about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, yes. don't, don't tell me who I am. Don't preach to me. I know who I am. You know. Right, right, right. You do your thing, and you know you must be crazy if you think I'm gonna I'm gonna bow down or kneel down to you. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love the concept and the lyrics. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's just so heavy. Um, I love I love his voice. His vocals are great. You know, once again, Eric hits it out of the park. His drum, his drum, his drum pattern, the way he plays for the song is just so perfect. Oh yeah. Um, a twenty out of ten or a, eleven. Final top eleven. I'll there go you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say I. No, like okay. So a minute ago when I said I didn't mean to sound like a prude. This song has some language in it or whatever. It doesn't bother me because of the lyrical content around it. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, this is a, okay. I said, this is a, this song has a good heavy riff when it kicks in. It's got, and he, there's a couple like these bass slides he does with his, you know, where which is, I like, uh, uh, vocally, he sounds, Gene sounds awesome. And the lyrics, the lyrics crack me up, you know, cause it's obvious he was on the street somewhere <clears throat> And he was getting preached to by someone. He didn't like it. And he definitely, you know, told the guy which way to go with it. <laughs> um, his vocals are awesome. Bruce's guitar solo sounds awesome on here. I mean, talk about a broken record. I've said that on every song, I think. Oh, um, it's true. And I can swear, and and maybe I didn't. you didn't say this, and I, maybe it's just me, but I've always thought that there's a little bit of the Munsters theme song in the guitar solo, just like a little tiny bit. I think it's the part where he's like, well, no, 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 well, no, well, kind of part. And it always reminds me of the Munsters theme song when I hear it. But, oh, uh, maybe maybe, <clears throat> maybe it's just me, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know the part you're talking about. I know exactly the part you're talking about. I never put the Munsters in there, but yeah, you might be right. Maybe it, it might be because I was a big Munsters fan. I love the Munsters, so... Um, and I do like the I do like the part where they stop where he's like, "Cause I know what I want," dun, 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 dun. you know, and it, and, it, yeah. and then he comes in that one part. Where he, the second time they do come into that, he comes in with that scream, "Yeah!" <clears throat> and, and I mean, and that sounds that I mean, he sounds great. And and then, you know, and, the, and then the very end of the song, after the song's done, and you listen to what he said and uh -huh. hear what his philosophy is, and in the end, he says, "You got that right." You got that right. He puts that yeah. exclamation at the very end and says, "Yep, you got that right." Yeah, I was thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and edit that one little line out of the song, and every time I say something really negative about Paul, I'm gonna put put in where he says, "You got that right." <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh, I get so tired. I get so tired of listening to Paul go on and on at the end of these songs. You got that right. <laughs> yeah, do it. That that's funny. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I say uh, I'll give this I'll give this song a ten. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't want to. I won't give it an eleven. I won't give it a Spinal Tap eleven like I gave Heart of Chrome and Unholy. I don't like this song quite as much as Unholy. I do love the song though, man. It's a great song. Okay, so uh, let's see. Next song here. Okay, next song. Lucky me. Every time I look at you. <clears throat> okay, I got some notes on this one here. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I've never. I've, you're gonna like this. I've never liked this song. I didn't like this version. I did not especially like the unplugged version. It always seemed like Paul pushed real, real hard to make, like, I think that's why they put it on unplugged because I felt like he thought, oh, this song is so great and I got to get it on there. Um, It's a nice song. It sounds, sounds well-written. It's just not what I want to hear from, from Paul, you know, but this past week, I started listening to it because we were going to review this. And this is a song that's never been on my playlist, never been in my phone. I just don't even have it in there. I have certain Ooh. songs in there from this album that I like, and this one is not one of them. So I had to put it back on there so I could listen to this and, you know, be able to give a somewhat of a formulated opinion on it, even though I didn't like the song. And I'm and I start listening to it and <clears throat> and uh I, I don't know the lyrics to this one as well because I didn't like it back then either. But as soon as I'm listening to, oh no, because it starts out when he says, tried to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break your heart. So he starts singing that and I'm driving around, you know, the other night at work and I'm, and immediately I just start rolling my eyes and I just, and then I just kind of stopped and I thought, let me just try to be fair and listen. Let me just try to be, let me try to give it a fair listen without immediately rolling my eyes. Like every time Paul goes, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I'm listening to it and, and I'm, and I'm, you know, the more it goes, I'm like, you know, this this song really isn't too bad. It's it, it it's really nice. It's a very pretty sounding song. Um and Paul sounds pretty genuine in it. He doesn't sound like he's trying too hard to make it sound like something it's not. Um I said uh, the bridge, the bridge of the song is really good. Um I'm trying to think of how the bridge goes off the top of the lyrically part uh you know, I think maybe this part where he's like, it's going to take a little time to show you just what you mean to me, that part, I guess that would be considered the bridge. I thought that's that's really good, too, for this type of song where, you know, Paul kicks it up a notch vocally. And um, I said the song's very well structured. And then I ended it. Well, I didn't. This isn't my end note, but I wrote great song. So, I mean, I went from I, I don't want to listen to this ever again to I thought, you know, I'll probably keep this on my keep it in there now. And um now, now this song, and you probably already know this. Dick Wagner played the guitar solo on this song. Plays and, the guitar, yes. Yeah, and it's and it's a nice guitar. It's a very nice guitar solo. Um, I definitely give this song a thumbs up. Um, I think I need to be in the right mood for it. I'm gonna add this last uh, two. Well, two things. Two things. Oh gosh, I'm about to get. We're gonna get into something here. Okay, we're gonna have a little break from this song. Okay, Dick Wagner played. I think this is my least favorite guitar solo on the album. Just just because Bruce's solos are so killer on the rest of the album. Not because this is a bad solo. I think this is a great, it's a really perfect guitar solo for what the song needs. Now, what's funny about this? The first album, the first album that uh Bob Ezrin produced for Kiss was Destroyer, right? Correct. Okay. Now, Dick Wagner also played on Destroyer. He played um Sweet Pain. Sweet Pain, he played the guitar. So, so I've always had this kind of a problem with, I think Bob Edgerton's a good producer, you know, even though he did produce uh, The Elder. And I know, <laughs> but... Um, Come on now. Here, here, here's, here, here's what I think about Bob Ezrin, though. 
and you have to hear me out here. Bob Ezrin created something in Gene and Paul's minds that that really ruined Kiss to a certain degree. He he gave them the mindset that if the other guys aren't cutting it, just go find somebody else to do it. Uh, and I hate I hate that because he did it on there, and and so so next thing you know, you you listen to other albums and I don't know about love gun. I don't think rock and roll over had anything, any different players that I've ever heard, but you know, you look at, um, you look at, uh, what album is it? Uh, well, live Two. you got Bob Kulik playing all the lead guitars on, on, you know, side four, other than rocket ride. You've got, and uh, you had, uh, Anton fig playing all the drums on dynasty, except for dirty living. You know, you had Anton fig ghost playing on unmass and, and which, um, Huh? Which is and maybe it's understandable that okay, well Ace couldn't cut it or Peter couldn't cut it or whatever. Then get then get rid of the guys. Bring you know find somebody else sooner. I just I, I feel like he made them think that it was okay. It's okay just to bring some bring a ringer in, you know, and that's what he did with Alice Cooper too. That's what Bob Ezrin did with Alice I was Cooper. Just gonna, I was just going to ask you that he did a, he's done a ton of did he do the same thing with Alice Cooper? He did. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not as well versed on. Uh, Alice Cooper band stuff, but I I do know that there was at least one album where, and I'm not sure exactly why one of their guitar players wouldn't play on it or something, but he, but I'm pretty sure uh, Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter, the the two guys that ended up playing on like, like Welcome to My Nightmare and stuff after you know his early s- solo stuff, yeah. but I feel like I just feel like he gave them that mindset, like he just made them feel like it's okay to you know to. Uh, to have Kevin Valentine pl- play drums on on a song on this on Revenge, it's okay to have Bob Kulick playing on Kiss Killers. It's okay to have a bunch of ghost players. No, no ace on Creatures of the Night. You know, it's even though he didn't produce it. I mean, but but that mindset had to have crept in then, or you know, he put it in there, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. You know. Well, hey, that, look at look at Cycle Circus. Yes. That's a travesty. Yes. That that album. I'm sorry, I can't really. That's my least favorite Kiss record, just because of the politics behind it. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, yeah, you know, he does that a lot. He did that on the wall too. Believe it or not, you know the you know the song "Mother" on the wall. Oh yeah, love that. Uh, that wasn't uh, Nick Mason playing really? drums on that song. Huh. So yeah, he's. I think he's done that kind of thing on every album he's ever produced. Yeah, it's and I and I mean and I will say this too: when they brought Bob Ezrin in, I think I talked about this on one of my. I did an episode where we talked about the first three Kiss albums, and you listen to, when you listen to um, "Dress to Kill" and the songwriting. There's great songs on "Dress to Kill," but it, it's really a lot of basic stuff. And I thought I can understand why they brought Bob Ezrin in to help them on destroyer because not only was he a great producer, but he's a, he's, he, he's very good at putting songs together. He can take something that's good and make it great. And so Mm -hmm. he's got, I mean, I I like things about him and I dislike things about him, but I've always just felt that that kind of created a divide and gave kit, gave Gene and Paul probably more so the mindset that, well, it's okay if we just, hey, Peter can't cut it. Let's just get somebody else. Yeah, you're you know, probably it, right. And, you know, yeah, I, I agree. You know, around 76, you know, 75, when they were writing songs for Destroyer, they probably did think, hey, you know, it's always just going to be the four of us. But you're right. He probably said no. 
Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be the four of you on the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he changed their whole mindset. And I, like I said, I mean, and eventually I get it. I mean, if Ace wasn't going to show up and you got to get something done, but but I still, I don't like that. Next time Ace shows up, I'd rather have, and and I think Dick Wagner was a great guitar player. Great guitar. Like he, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard Alice Cooper's Dada album, but oh man, Dick Wagner plays on that. And I mean, there's some killer guitar playing on that. That's my favorite album that he other than maybe a Kiss album, he. This is my favorite album that he plays on, and I, I just, yeah, I think he he gave them, yeah, like you said, instead of it being all for one, one for all. Of course, I'm sure Ace and Peter also, you know, had been exhibiting probably more Ace than Peter. I don't know, but you know, Peter was always threatening to quit <laughs> if he didn't get an extra yeah. song or this and that, and you know, a- and Ace's was more he was inebriated and things like that, and and. But I would rather hear, even though I like Dick Wagner, I would rather hear a sloppy Ace solo on Sweet Pain than hear a really nice Dick Wagner solo where they're pretending it's Ace. You know. I hear. Well, so, I mean, did, did you do you have the uh, Destroyer Resurrected album? Uh, I downloaded it. I, yeah, I really did. I know. I know they have the original solo that Ace put on there or something, right? Yeah. So I get an idea of what he what he came up with for that song. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess because you know, hearing it all these years later, it's almost like, well, I've always heard it that way. I don't really need to hear it again. But yeah. I don't know. I but yeah, I just I just always felt like he put kind of a he changed the mindset of their band to where, hey, if if Peter wants to if we want to get if Peter wants to leave, okay, we'll find somebody else. And which is cool because Eric Carr was a I I prefer Eric Carr's drumming to Peter's big time now. Vocally, I much would rather have Peter. I think um, Eric's my favorite. Eric Carr is my favorite Kiss drummer, straight up rock and okay. roll. Um, Peter Chris is my favorite drummer singer that they had. But I think if you were having to combine them into one, Eric Singer is, even though I don't think Eric Singer quite has, you described it earlier when you said he was more technical, but I think Eric Singer is a perfect mesh of those two guys. He can do it all. He's a good singer and a good drummer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, okay, so all of that, I said all of that um, after I talked about every time I look at you and I interrupted, that was your time to talk. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and uh, tell me, what do you think of that song? You said you loved it, loved it, loved it. So, Well, here's where I think I might get controversial with some other Kiss fans. Okay. I This is not my favorite Kiss ballad. My favorite Kiss ballad is I Still Love You. It always oh, will yeah. be. That's probably That's my favorite Paul vocal he's ever done, too, is on that song. Oh, wow. But Every Time I Look at You is my second favorite, and I like it heads and tails over forever. There's my controversial part. I I just think it's just so a, so a much, much better song than forever, okay. in my opinion, because I love the strings. I love the horns that are in it, the yeah. arrangement, the, Paul's melody. Is just so perfect. Again, I have no problem with Dick Wagner, Wagner playing that guitar solo. I think he does a great job on it. It's perfect for the song. It is. Um, the only thing is this is the only song that I, on the album that I think Gene doesn't play on. He has nothing to do with this song. Yeah. I yeah, think Bruce a- is playing bass on this tune. But I love it. It's a great ballad. I think Paul... Yeah, you know, I agree with you. He he did try to push this song. 
mm-hmm. you know, by putting it unplugged. Yeah, because he probably did believe in it a lot more than what it than what it did on the album. So sure. yeah, he was trying to push it. Like, man, I really want this song to catch on. And of course it didn't really, but it's a great tune. I, I never well, they- skip it. They did release this as the fifth single from the album. Well, yeah. it says here the fifth, but God Gave Rock and Roll to You was really the single off of the Bill and Ted album, not this album. So it was the fourth single off of Revenge every time I look at you. So they tried to, he did try to push it. But I'll tell you, I think I agree with you about the difference in that and forever. I don't really, I've never been a huge fan of that song. You know, it's a, that was forever was like a, a song that, you know, you might oh make you, you know, it might be played at weddings or uh, things like that. But it's, I, I kind of prefer this every time I look at you, I think, too. So I do love the guitar solo that Bruce did in Forever, though, the acoustic solo. That was really nice. So, well, you okay. know, I love Forever. I, I do love Forever, but it, it that song kind of comes off to me as a lot of those other bands of the 80s. That was like the requisite power ballad, right? Yeah, Every yeah. band had to have the power ballad on the album, and that's what Forever was. That's yeah, a good song, but that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And But, you know, whatever. It's still a great tune, but I prefer every time I look at you. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there on that. So so you're going to take the next song, Paralyzed. Paralyzed. What do you think? Paralyzed, I'm going to give probably five out of ten. It's probably one of the only songs I I'll listen to it. It's got a very cool groove, but it's not a song that really has done much for me over these years. I mean, I like it, and if it's on, I'll play it, but it's probably my least favorite song on the record. Okay. Okay. Um now, could I explain why? I guess I could. I, I don't know. It's something about it doesn't grab me as much. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like it was a filler tune. You know, people call them filler tunes. Okay. I think it was so that, a song that they kind of just put on there to kind of round it out a little bit more. Yeah. So this is why this is why the other day you said, whenever I was talking about a song I didn't like, that's the reason you mentioned Paralyzed so quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly right. But, okay. you know, I'll still listen to it, but it, but, you know, I've mentioned playlist songs and stuff like that. It doesn't make my playlist. Gotcha. I don't put this song on Kiss playlist. Um, okay. But other than that, I mean, I'll give it a five out of ten. It's acceptable, okay. but I don't go to it. Acceptable. <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing because I because I'm knowing what I'm thinking about it when you're talking about it. So, okay. So it starts out. It, it starts out with that bass slide. That wow, and then Bruce comes it's in with that. Cool. You know, Bruce has that guitar, that that thing he does, which sounds really, the intro is really cool to me with Bruce. Okay. I said Gene's vocals sound really cool to me too. Uh, I noticed almost the whole song, if you, uh, and I'm sure you've noticed this because you're you're a music guy more than me even, but it's like he's singing high and then uh, low. Like you can hear the low and the high mixed together. Like Like he recorded two different vocals and they're both at the same time being played at the same time when he's singing the whole song for the most part. And I think that's really cool. Uh, they do that a lot with, uh, not a lot, but they do that with Bruce Dickinson some, and they did it with a uh, blaze Bailey on some of those albums that he did. And, and they did it with, there's, there's a part on this album where they did it with Paul. I can't remember which song it was, but yeah, I love, I love that. I, I said, I like the way I like the chorus of the song, 
Uh, I like the way Gene's vocals are mixed. Um, let's see, and the way they do it in the chorus is cool. Let's see, the rhythm guitar sounds very heavy, very dirty. I love the way that sounds. Um, now there's one part where there's like a, there's kind of a breakdown in the song. And in the background, you can hear it where it says something along the lines of, I never thought it cost so much to have a nervous breakdown, something like that. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, the whole song kind of, yeah, I think it's cool. So the whole song kind of lyrically uh, has that theme of, you know, cause he says, you know, don't see nothing man, in my eyes, man. I've been lobotomized. I'm paralyzed, cold inside, anesthetized. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling otherwise I'm paralyzed. So it's like, and I did have to look up one of these words, uh, anesthetized, just because I wasn't quite sure what it meant. And and that word means to render physically insensible. So I thought, well, par- so it kind of goes with the lyrics. I mean, I thought the lyrics, I think the lyrics are decent in this song. You know, like it's, it's, they, like I, I said, I always like songs that are different than the norm for Kiss, you know, because like a lot of yeah. Gene's old songs, like you said, Love Them, Leave Them, Dr. Love, you know, there's a lot of songs that are all in that, you know, kind of realm driven wise yeah, well, and yeah. and so I, I like this this is to me it gives it kind of a darker lyrically it's a darker feel and i like that and of course um another great solo from bruce on this song i think i'd give this song probably about an eight so okay maybe eight or eight yeah now you're talking about it i guess i'm kind of going back through it in my mind and yeah maybe i like it more than i thought i did yeah, you might you might do like I did with every time I look at you, listen to it again, and you'll go, "Man, this isn't so bad." <laughs> I, I do love the breakdown where where Eric gets his little drum break, and then like you're talking, Gene talking underneath. Yeah, that part was always. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go back. Uh-oh. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh wow! You've got me wow. thinking about it now. Going, you know what? It's not actually bad. Now well, I think about it. You know, and this other part's cool, you know, where he says that, I never thought it'd be cost so much of a nervous break. And then there's the part where he's playing the drums, and then there's the and then and then there's that part where you hear like Bruce kind of go, what what kind of slide on his guitar, you know? And uh but then but then he comes in, that's where the solo starts, that one. And then the drums, and then Bruce goes and just kills the solo, man. It's it's yeah. Okay, cool, man. That's cool. Uh Okay, so next song up. Oh, boy. I get this one yeah. first. Uh, the next song up is called I Just Wanna, which was the four, uh, third single off the album. Um, I like the way Paul sounds when the vocals start. Um, this is, I wrote, I've never really liked this song. Well, not for a long time. I'm, I'm going to read my lyrics. I want to read my vocal uh, my vocals. I'm, I'm going to read what I wrote <laughs> here because... Um, I don't like the chorus. Well, I didn't like it. I said, Paul sounds good. I've never been a fan of the lyrics either. Too straight ahead for my tastes, but Paul sounds really good delivering the vocals in this song. Uh, the verses, the pre-chorus and the chorus all have a good melody, much better than take it off, which is the other song that I usually kind of tied together. Uh, and then I said, Maybe this one has better melody because Vinnie Vincent co-wrote it. <laughs> okay, uh, um, I, I think I said, maybe the song sounds too happy. You know, um, Bruce's solo is good. It's not my favorite. I think this is my least favorite Bruce solo on the album. It just seems a little more, 
it, I don't know, it just doesn't grab me quite as much as the other ones. And I, but then I said, maybe it's the song. Um, and, and then this song has, uh, one of those bridges in it. Um, is this the right song I'm thinking of? It goes, wake up, baby. Yeah. And that, that's in this song, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like that. I like the bridge. It's, um, it's a pretty cool bridge. And, the, and like I said, the Beatles kind of thing. Um, you know, and I've always hated the chorus of this song because I don't like the, my thing is if you're going to say the word, just say the word, you know? Okay. Like, like to kick it way back, you know, cause I know what people probably think of my opinion of the, you know, the profanity and lyrics or whatever, based on what I'm saying about this, uh-huh. the song, uh, you know, the song animal by wasp. Oh yeah. I like that song. So you I don't like have that. a problem. I like it. It's a, uh, Lyrically, you know, I mean, maybe I'm a hypocrite for saying it that way. I don't know. I mean, but, but this maybe, and maybe I was, I was older when I heard this too. I was, you know, eight or nine years or seven or eight years old or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just never, but I do think the chorus sounds good. I don't want to romance. I don't want to dance. I just want to forget you. I mean, that's a, it's, it's a good melody, the whole melody, but I just don't like the, where the, I just want to, I just want to forget. I just hate that. Just little, I just don't like it. You know, it's just, it's never, but I, I, but I do like this song. You know, I didn't, I, I hated this song for a long time. So in, in, this is another song that in re-listening to it recently has changed my opinion about it. So whereas I probably would have gave this a five, I, I'm going to probably go up and say, I would give this about, uh, I probably give this an, uh, a seven, a seven and a half. And I'll give the ding because like I said, to me, the solo, Bruce's solo just doesn't grab me as much in this one song. And, uh, and, and like I said, some of the, some of Paul's lyrics, I'm not super huge on in this one, but it's, it's, but I do, it's, but it's not a bad song. I don't, I think I'm getting to the point where I might wouldn't listen to this. I wouldn't skip it. I'd at least give it another shot. So, <laughs> there you go. So, what do you think? Well, I'm hitting this on this song. Uh, yeah, I agree with you with the I just want to fu. I just want to fu. Yeah, I was never, never too big on that part. It just sounded, it sounded kind of cheesy. And I, mm-hmm. I, I know what he was going for. And obviously, live, they went ahead and finished the yeah. shit. I just want to, you know, yeah. F, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the breakdown section, you know, where the harmony parts are, sorry, never liked it. Really? Okay. I never liked that part. That part, it just me, like, the song is kicking along. It's got good tempo. It's rocking. And then this this part comes up and it's just like, I never liked it. It's, just, it's, it's, doesn't, it's not like the breakdown in God Gave Rock and Roll. That's just beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Sounds great. But this part, I don't, I don't like the harmonies. And I really think, I think that's where Bob Ezrin pushed a lot of his influence on that song. I just don't like how the harmonies go with each other. And that part, really brings this whole song down for me is yeah. that part well bob ezrin didn't bob ezrin didn't help write this one he didn't have a songwriting credit on this one no i'm talking about as a producer oh, okay i'm talking about as a producer when they're in there in the studio working on it i really think he had a lot of influence on that part but it just kind of brings the song down for me and yeah. i tell you what i do skip this song okay. i like it but i skip it i i just I don't want to sit through. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> it's so weird for me sometimes to criticize Kiss because I like just about all of it, but um, it's okay. It's passable. I'll give it a six. 
you know, I'll say this because I feel that way sometimes when I do, when I criticize Kiss or when I criticize Iron Maiden or whatever, because these are some of my favorite bands. And, but I do think, I do think doing that, it gives you, uh, it gives, I think it lends more, um, weight to your opinion because it gives you some integrity. You're not saying every single song rules. And I've had people, there's a song on, let's see, my least favorite Iron Maiden album. And I think it's their worst album is, is, is fear of the dark. Now I love a lot of that album, but if you go and compare it, there's, there's a good bit of filler on it. And I've had some serious debates with some people about this and they're like, Oh no, it's the blaze Bailey albums. And I'm just like, you're being, you're not you're not being sensible. You're not listening to his albums. You know, you're just saying that because it's not Bruce, whatever. Yeah, but not- yeah. And, you know, but it's it's I think it's to be realistic, you have to be able to say if you like something or don't like something. I just think it's more like I said, I try to have integrity with my opinion about stuff and and I know sometimes people may disagree with it or whatever, but that's all good. I mean, no one's gonna agree with everything I say and no one's gonna you know, I'm sure there's somebody that's listening to us talk about, I just want to, or heard what I said about take it off. And is going to be like, Oh my gosh, this guy, why does he hate Paul Stanley so much? You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I think as a fan, if you're one of these fans where I like everything they they've done, every note, every lyric, every song is great. It's just so great. I think you're kind of doing a disservice to that band because, you know, I don't think, I don't think, and now I don't want to, judge how big of a fan somebody is to a band but if everything is great and everything is awesome then it's kind of like well you're not stepping back and looking at it from all angles if it's just automatically incredible yeah and as much as i like kiss my favorite band not everything they've done is great i mean there's stuff that i refuse to even listen to that they've done okay wait 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 Tell me one thing. I just want to know. I just want to, I want you to tell me one thing. What would be the one thing that would surprise me the most that you won't listen to? I just want to hear one thing. From Kiss? Yes. Uh, I finally found my way on Cycle Circus. Okay. Well, that's rubbish. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think. Well, we'll keep any- talking. And we'll keep talking, and I'll uh, I'll come up with some. There's some songs yeah. I just don't like at all. Gotcha. Um, okay. Well, we'll keep talking. I'll think. I'll think of some. Okay. Well, we're at the we are at the last song on the album now, which is uh, we're at Car Jam 1981, which is your turn to take the turn to take. So go ahead and tell me what you think about Car Jam 1981. Well, I can dig it. Of course, you know it's it's a it's an older an older song from back in the elder days. Mm-hmm. You know, based based around an, an Ace riff that he wrote for the elder, which you probably know they re, he redid it for his first Fraley's Comet mm-hmm. record. Breakout. Breakout is an incredible song. Yes, absolutely love that song. But you know, but we obviously know that Bruce Bruce went back in and 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 overdubbed guitar. So yes. I don't think what you're hearing is Ace at all. It's all Bruce went back I and thought, did everything. I thought that they had redone the guitar solos. I hadn't even thought about the rhythm guitars. I don't know if he did. I'm sure he probably did the redid the rhythms as well. I, I think he redid redid the only thing that's original are the actual drums. Drums. But from what I understand, the drum track is original. But I think Bruce went back and redid everything. I could be wrong. Um, but no, I. You know what can you say? Is it a good tribute to Eric to Eric Carr after his death? 
Yeah, it is. But here's my thought on Car Jam. I, as much as I think they loved Derek Carr and respected what he brought to the band, it almost, it almost to me felt like they had they had to do something for Eric Carr. Like they had to do it because if they didn't acknowledge him at all, there would have been a blowback from fans. So it almost comes off like, well, we've got to do something to appease the fans. So let's just go back and find something and throw that on the end of the record. I mean, maybe that sounds kind of wrong of me. Like, it, it, uh, it, kind of feels that, it kind of feels that way. Almost like, well, you know what? It's a cool tribute. I love Eric Carr. He was a great drummer, a great, great person. But sometimes it's like, you know, I almost think maybe another, just another song might have been just as good to do for the record. But okay, do you well, kind of follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I've, I've got, I definitely have an opinion there with you. So I'm going to, um... you know, maybe dedicating the record wasn't enough. It's like, well, let's stick something on there that shows him playing. It's like, well, you know, you didn't do a whole lot for him when he was in the band. I mean, you never barely ever let him sing. Yeah. You know, you barely let him have any kind of songwriting credits or anything on any of the records. So now he's dead, passed away, and now you're putting this on there. It kind of, at first, it kind of came off as a little, like, I don't know. That's a little disgenuine, but that's just my opinion. But but I like the song. Okay, well. It's a good, it's a good riff. It's a cool, good riff in it. And, of course, the solo, you know, it was a great song. Yeah. So that's okay. kind of where I stand on it. Okay, well, let's see what I got here. Um, you know, I said, obviously, this is the music from Breakout. Uh, let's see here. Except the song goes into a drum solo. Uh, they replaced Bruce. I said, it's an enjoyable drum solo to listen to. It's not too long. It reminds me of the animalized live solo. Cause that's the only solo that I re- have really, I mean, you know, I know there's bootlegs and stuff, but as far as a top quality watching Bru- Eric do a drum solo, there's a lot of little things he does on the drums during this solo that, he would have done there on yeah. Animalize, too. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Had a, he had a real gr- – go ahead. Well, what I was going to say that I think it's the drum solo that he actually wrote. Like, yes. you know, he sat down and worked out, you know, kind of like Neil Peart would do or something like that. You know, yeah. I think he sat down and he wrote out his drum solo, and you're hearing it on Car Jam back in 1981. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree. You're, you're dead on. So he said, I said he had a great feel and I said he was taken away from us too soon. Um, now you said um, that you felt like they kind of did that disingenuously. And I kind of think I agree with you. Um, and I've got a, I've got a, I wrote, I wrote some notes here. I'm going to read these notes and just kind of go through it. And we can discuss a little bit of it as we go. Cause there's something I wanted to ask you. Cause I, I've kind of, it's a question. I had. Uh, let's see. I said, um, I said, Eric Carr was obviously taken from us too soon. So what would have happened? with Eric Carr, if he hadn't passed away when Paul Stanley did a solo tour and he had Eric singer on drums, Eric Carr prophetically said, this is the guy that's going to take my place in kiss to me. It sounded, and I think I've even gotten this from an interview that I heard with uh, the guy who was playing keyboards on that tour with him, Gary Corbett. Gary Corbett um, yes. Maybe I've gotten it a little bit from stuff I've heard from Bruce over the years, but it sounds, you know, based on that comment there, it sounds like he was insecure in some ways about his position in the band. You know, because he didn't, they had taken away, well, no, no, that was before the tour. Um, 
you know, we've heard the stories that Eric and Paul didn't speak much during the Hot in the Shade tour, and Eric was upset that his drum solo was taken out of the set, which I think they just did that because they wanted to put more songs in there, which I, even though I I understand Eric, I could understand his point of view for being upset, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I do understand why they were doing it because they're trying to kind of get back to their roots a little more, maybe. I don't know. But um, I said, so who knows? Would he have been replaced by Eric Singer even if he didn't pass away? And then this is where I was. This kind of goes with what you said. That's tough. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Okay. There's the story that Kiss took away. And I don't know if this is true or not. This is, I've heard different things, but there's the story that Kiss took away Eric Carr's health insurance at some point before he passed away. Now, after he passed away, the band, you know, famously wrote the letter to Rolling Stone magazine saying, you know, because they didn't include Eric in their, in some edition about his death or something. And I always kind of wondered, and this is what I want to ask you. Do you think that they did that just to kind of like what you said about what they put in this song on the album, which I'm glad they put it on the album. I I like hearing it on there. Um, But do you think that they wrote that letter to Rolling Stone as well as this to just save face, kind of knowing that they had kind of screwed him over near the end of his life? Or was it something genuine that they did now? now, And here's the last part, because we all know how kiss has made a big thing about how Rolling Stone kind of, always gave him negative reviews and this and that. And if you listen to that episode I did on the first three Kiss albums, the reviews that they did for the first three Kiss albums, none of them were bad. (laughs) So do you think that that was disingenuous what they, or do you think they were kind of trying to save face or what? Well, no, to me personally, no, I don't. I I really think, I really think that 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 letter was very heartfelt. Um, Now, some people even question, was that letter even written by the band? Like did they just have some ghostwriter? No, I <laughs> no, I think it was I think it was them that wrote it. Bob Kulick wrote it. Yeah, Bob wrote it. Bob Kulick and Anton Fick. <laughs> <laughs> no, ahead, I think that was a very I think that was a very heartfelt letter. You know, because it's true. They didn't barely I think it was like it's just a little blurb about him dying. Then of course the rest of it was all about Freddie Mercury. Sure. Which is unfortunate that they died on the same day. But no, I really felt like that was a very heartfelt letter, and they were they were pissed. It was like, come on, man! Here's yeah. this guy. He's been he's been in the band for twelve years. He was a big part of our sound. Fans loved him. He was a great guy. He was down to earth. And you don't want to acknowledge him at all? Yeah, I think they were pissed, and and yeah. I agree with the letter. It sure. doesn't seem like it's as disgenuous as putting a song on the record like they did. I, Okay. I don't know that whole history about whether they dropped his insurance or what went on. I'm not yeah. sure if we ever really truly know the real truth behind all that, but if they did, then shame on them. You know, shame on them. Very much, yes. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's definitely I I don't know. I mean, the only people that really know are well, there's obviously the guys in the band that would know. Eric Carr's family would know. Uh, there's probably a few people in the KISS organization that know. And it's never been – I know it's been questioned, but I've never heard anyone speak publicly. I don't know if Gene and Paul have ever spoke publicly on it or not. But to me, sometimes they say, you know, when you won't address something, you're 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 answering the question regardless. So yeah. – yeah. 
So in a way, I think them not saying something, but it just seems, I mean, I know they were financially, they weren't doing as well back then. Like you said, you know, they weren't selling out shows and things like that. So, uh, and I, I think there's a story that there was a guy managing kiss back then that was Paul Stanley's like psychotherapist or something. And he, stole a whole bunch of money from them and just left the country or something. So Oh yeah, you know. no, that's no, that's true. Yeah. It was his his analyst was their manager for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He he turned into a criminal and fled and uh I can't even remember the guy's name now. Yeah, I don't either. I, I just but so you know they were obviously in a position, but it just seems like I don't know. I mean sometimes in life you want to make decisions and do things you want to make you obviously want to make decisions that are best for you, but sometimes you have to do what's right, whether it's gonna. There, I've had situations happen at my job where things have been done, and I and I've always told people, I say, look, I want the company to handle us the right way, whether it benefits me or not. I said because I want things to be done right. I don't want to. I don't want to get things and feel like I walked over somebody or stepped over somebody or did anything, you know, and, and I don't, I always feel like even if it costs you more, it's better to do the right thing. So, Oh, I agree. That's just, yeah, I agree. You know, it does. Now that we're talking about, it, it does make you think of whether Eric might've been on his way out of the band anyway, just like you said, would they have right. got Eric senior anyway? Because yeah, him and Paul apparently did have a pretty big falling out at one point. So it does yeah. make you wonder were they going to maybe possibly fire him anyway? And you know, we'll never know, obviously now. But it sure. seems like it seems like there was a point where Eric might have you know, maybe he saw his own writing on the wall, like, man, you know, they might kick me out of this band. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel. That's kind of how I feel. And I, and you know, and, and we won't never know, obviously, like you said, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that if Eric would have lived and let's say he did get kicked out of kiss, I think he would probably still be playing nowadays. I mean, you got guys like Tommy Aldridge still plays with white snake and you got, you know, you, it seems like a lot of the bands kind of have a rotating group of musicians that there's only so many guys that are musicians like, like Bruce Kulick playing with um, grand funk railroad. I mean, there's, if they need a good drummer and Eric Carr was available, I mean, there's probably a good chance he would have played in some of these other bands through the years. So. Yeah. I way, think he would have went on probably and got another job or, or another band or something like that. Yeah. I don't think oh, he yeah. was just playing drums, but yeah, I don't know. That would have been strange. Cause I know he was upset about the rise to it video. When they did yes. the thing, he was yes. upset because he wanted to be more a part of that than Paul and Gene let him. And I think that's where that's where it started between him and Paul was that that video. That's what I oh, thought. Oh wow. I hadn't really ever thought about that, but that's a good point. That's what I think. But Okay. All right. Well, Steven, I know it's been a I've had a lot of fun talking about revenge. I mean, I think I've done a lot more thinking about this album just in the past week or so than I have in a long time. It was really great to talk to you and I uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the show with me. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It was a lot of fun and I, I hope we do it again. I, I, I really do. It's, this was great. And anytime you want to talk about Maiden, give me a call. I can talk about them too, just as well. So I will definitely keep that in mind. All right. Well, Hey, take care, man. Okay. You too. See you. All right. All right, bye-bye. All right. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed side two of Revenge. I always enjoy talking to other fans about music. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Again, I'd like to thank Stephen for taking the time to talk to me a couple weeks ago when we recorded this. So good night, and again, God bless Eric Carr.